She's sharp, pointed, and insightful. This is Stacy on the Right on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. He was endorsing me. I wasn't endorsing him. Uh, and I haven't decided who I'm going to endorse in 2020. I'm going to wait and see what the alternatives are. But I pointed out there are places where we agree on a whole series of policy fronts. I get along fine with the president, but I do have policy disagreements. I have not been afraid ever to challenge the president. In fact, if you look at the voting records, I am more independent than any other Republican in the Senate. But yet I keep good relations with the president because I respect the office. I respect the president, Donald Trump, and I try to work with him to try to get good things done for the country and for my state. The people of this country elected us to work. It is time the Democrats got to work. Stop with the partisanship. Stop focusing on 2020. You listen, Brian, it's like, you know, everybody around here is focused on 2020 and the Democrats running for president. They need to do their jobs right now. And now, Stacey Washington. <laughs> okay, it's Friday, and it's a super exciting day to be alive and in the service of the king. Come on, we are going to have a fantastic show today. We are going to speak with, just up next segment, Brigitte Gabriel. She's going to be with us talking about uh, activism and her new book, Rise, and so much more. She's uh, a terrorism expert, chairman of Act for America, and it's the largest grassroots, uh, you know, national security organization in the country. And so we're going to be chatting with her. You know, she's been on the show before. We love Brigitte and we can't wait to speak to her again today. And so that's going to be part of the show. You are a part of the show today. It's Friday. So you can call in and talk about whatever you want. You can bring up any topic and we're going to hit it and talk about it. And I'm so excited about that. The call lines are open at 866-963-2037, 866-963-2037. And if we have time, I'll go into the ridiculous adventure that I went on yesterday thinking that I was basically I thought I was about to die. Uh, ended up in the emergency room and hung out there for, I mean, just hours, hours and hours and hours, only to find out that um, I'm going to live. Praise God, but I'm going to live. So we'll go into that a little bit. Um, still having a couple of issues over here, but still super excited to be live and direct to you on the radio on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. Go to AFR.net and UrbanFamilyTalk.com to find out more about what we're doing here, uh, the ministry work and all of that. And we're so excited to have you and your ears, or if you're watching on the live stream, your eyeballs as well. Thank you for being here today. So let's first get into the Daily Confession. And I got to say, I, it gets me pumped up when I read the Psalms. And so today it's Psalm 34, King James Version. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. Humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me and delivered me from all of my fears. They looked unto him and were lightened and their faces were not ashamed. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps round about those that fear him and delivers them. One more time. The angel of the Lord camps around those that fear him and delivers them all. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts in him. Oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Come, ye children, hearken unto me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is he that desires life and loves many days that he may see good? 
Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open to their cry. The face of the Lord is against them that do evil. In spite of what we see, in spite of what you see going on, in spite of all of that, the the face of the Lord is against the evildoer. Back to the scripture, 17, the righteous cry and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all of their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them that are broken hearted and saves such as be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers them out of them all. He keeps all his bones. Not one of them is broken. Evil shall slay the wicked and they that hate the righteous will be desolate. The Lord redeems the soul of his servants and none of them that trust in him will be desolate. Amen to that. And I just encourage you over the weekend as you unplug from your devices and your social media and you turn off your Facebook and you log out of Twitter and you get away from everything that has anything to do with screens and you get in the faces of your loved ones and your friends and you get to doing whatever it is that you have to do this weekend, I encourage you to put the praises of God on your mouth and to lift his name up. Whatever the circumstance that you're facing, Praise will get you in the right mind frame, in the right mindset to be able to hear from the Lord so that he can deliver you out of your troubles. And I say that because I've just had a really wonderful past, I'd say maybe almost seven days of just praise and worship, worshiping the Lord with really old music that's not, it's no longer in vogue. Uh, It's no longer popular. Now it's all Christian contemporary all the time. But I found some hymns from when I was a kid and we used to go to Pentecostal church because as a military family, we used to move around a lot. And so whatever church we found that we could plug into, we would. And it was just such a blessing. And I heard one song, which prompted me to look it up on YouTube. And then I looked that song up and you know how it suggests other songs. And I listened to some others and I remembered, and this is from when I was six or seven years old. So it's not always that you can remember everything about that time, but I remember these songs and, and Pentecostal church, when you get happy, the people run up and down the aisles. I remember people running up and down the aisles and just having a good time. And I've just been listening to those songs. I even went so far as to get a couple of them, uh, four of them on um, iTunes for my phone. And it's just been a wonderful time. And then of course, Psalm 34. And I was reading uh, for my BSF homework, which I'm kind of redoing uh, <laughs> a couple weeks before we get back into session. And I was reading about David running away from Saul and eating the showbread. And really, he was he was lying. To, he, he was trying to save his life. And I read some commentary about it and how we're not supposed to emulate that. We're not supposed to be lying or, or doing those things. But it just shows how far we will go to protect ourselves when we're desperate. And remember, David was a man after God's own heart, someone that the Lord loved dearly. And he even made mistakes. And so it just kind of spoke to my spirit that, even in the midst of me making a mistake or an error, God still has a plan for me and that he is going to fulfill that plan. And that in the Bible over and over and over again, it tells us that God inhabits the praises of his children. He dwells in that place. And so when we lift our voices up to him or we speak Psalms back to him and praise him, that that's where he can move in our situation and lift our hearts so that we can endure. So take that with you for the weekend. All right. I actually have a little snippet of audio about Romney saying he's not running against Donald Trump in 2020. And you better believe I'm holding mittens to that. But I see the phone lines are lit up and it's Friday. And I want to talk to you, the listener, my favorite people besides Roddy, Maya, 
Madison and Miles, besides those ones, um, and Bentley. So let's go to the phones. Jacob in Mobile, Alabama. Jacob, thank you for calling in today. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. How you doing, sister? <laughs> doing pretty good. <laughs> All right. I got, got, I got a little bit for you. Uh, they hung up on me on the other line, um, on the other oh, show no. just before you. Oh. Yeah, they did. Uh, yeah, because what it boils down to, I was sharing with them, I said, look, I said, what it boils down to, this country does not belong to George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, John Hancock, it belongs to the Lord. He actually had his hand on this country because we should not have won the Revolutionary War or the War of 1812. We was outnumbered a thousand, basically a thousand of one. And Declaration of Independence, the Bill of Rights, and the Constitution is just like the Bible. God's hand is on those things. Those men were not so wise that they knew what to do. They were wise because the Lord's hand was on them. They were anointed. And that's an, those are the anointed documents, you know. And they hung up on me. <laughs> oh, it's, it, I'm, I'm sure like, that was just a technical glitch, but I, I agree with you and your sentiments, and I think... Um, that, that reminds me, uh, Jacob, of a friend, so dear friend of mine and her best friend, two, two good friends of mine, good, strong Christian women, they took a little, uh, I don't know if you call it a girl's trip because they took their sons, but they went to Washington, D.C., and as a part of all of the touring that they did, they went to the Museum of the Bible, and in the Museum of the Bible, they actually have a place where you can watch, and it takes you on this tour and this huge screen is in front of you and it takes you on this aerial tour where you kind of dive in and out of the buildings that are in Washington, D.C. and they show you every single place where a building in Washington, D.C. exalts the name of the Lord, where God, praise God, uh, the Most High, all of the, the things that we know as praises to God, acknowledgments of Him are engraved on these buildings in the cornerstones, on the roofs of these buildings, all over Washington, D.C. Our buildings cry out in praise to God. And so I, that, what you're saying just reminds me of that, that we can't get too far away from our Judeo-Christian founding here in this country because even our buildings cry out in praise to our Father. I got, I got one other thing, if you got a little... A little sure, little, go little, ahead. For you. Okay, this is um, the 14th chapter of Second Chronicles, and it says this. Let me make sure I got it exactly correct so I don't mess up any words. He says, Lord, there is no one like you to help the powerless against the mighty. Help us, Lord, our God, for we rely on you. And in your name, we have come against the vast, this vast army. Lord, you are our God. Do not let mere, mortal, mere, mere, mere mortals prevail against you. See, a lot of times we take, we, we have the, the founding fathers and other people built up. It's not about them. We're, all of us are the same. We are vessels of the Lord, and the praise and the glory has to go to Him. Even with Martin Luther King, the same thing. They got people lifted up above God. They were instruments of God. Amen. And once we understand that, He can bless us appropriately. Amen. Thank you so much, Jacob, for calling and for sharing those scriptures with us. It's always great to chat with you. Uh, let's go to Randy in Missouri. Randy, how's it going? Hey, it's going good. Thanks for taking my call. Sure. Um, I wanted to chime in on a story that was kind of missed in the media during holiday week. Um, the, uh, the Daily Caller wrote about two or three articles about it, and it was a company, it was about an IT company by the name of New Knowledge, and they were involved in interfering with the uh, 
special election last year in Alabama with Judge Roy Moore. Mm. And it seems that the company that was um, uh, commissioned by the Senate Intelligence Committee to watch out for Russian bots and fake news on the media and social media and, and websites uh, was actually producing uh, Russian bots to, uh, to interfere with the election. So I guess this was a Washington Post article as well. And, uh, uh, gosh, lo and behold, the co-founders of this new knowledge company, Jonathan Morgan and Renee De- DeRista, uh, turns out that they were working under Hillary Clinton in a cyber initiative uh, part of the State Department when she was Secretary of State. Hmm. And, so I have um, actually I got- have a letter, an open letter from Doug Ross that, that dovetails into that, and I encourage you to... Listen in on the third segment. When we come back, I'm going to be sharing that open letter, and it touches on just what you're talking about, the corruption of the Clintons and how the president can use that to uh, kind of change the nature of the way the House is going to be dealing with him now that it's controlled by Democrats. Thank you so much, Randy, for calling and mentioning that. Um, We probably have less than a minute left. Hans in Manhattan, Kansas. Thank you for calling the show. What's your comment? you got to be quick, though. Hi. um, I listen to AFR a lot more these days, uh, and I have in the last couple of weeks especially. And I guess I'm a little disparaged because I know that, that, uh, especially politically speaking, when people talk about, you know, if the president's not able to get the wall up, he loses the next election. And I think what I'd like to hear, and I know it may not be right, but as Christians, even though the man may not be able to get the wall, as we call it, the wall or whatever, I think that if we were to, to not be part of not voting him back in to try to see what else he, God can do through him would be just a wrong way of looking at it. Yeah, I think people are saying that because they want to spur the president to not to, to stay the course and to not give up. Uh, I can tell you, you know, I'm, I would be very frustrated if the president gave up at this point. He's already into the shutdown. Now it's time to knuckle down and get it out. But I have to say, Hans, I agree with you. If the choice is Kamala Harris or Cory Booker or, you know, Biden or something like that and Donald Trump, I'm Trump all day. I'll have my signs out. I'll be working to reelect him. And that is going to be where I'm coming from, because the Democrats party platform is untenable for someone who is an active, fundamental Christian Someone who truly believes the word of God is the word of God and it is true and it is mighty and powerful and and operating in our lives today. Someone with a biblical worldview. If you're presented with the Democrat Party platform and Donald Trump, well, the choice, it's not really a choice. You only have one place you can go. All right. When we get back, we're going to have Brigitte Gabriel, terrorism expert and chairman of Act for America. Stay right there. Hello, everyone. I'm Tim Wildman, president of American Family Association and American Family Radio. You can't squeeze more into three days, and we will, in Washington, D.C. on our Spiritual Heritage Tour in June and in September. We're going to the Capitol, Library of Congress, the Supreme Court, the Lincoln Memorial, the Korean and Vietnam Memorials, the Iwo Jima Memorial, the Arlington National Cemetery, the White House, that's outside, Jefferson Memorial, and the National Archives, and... We're going to Mount Vernon on that Saturday of our tour. So, so much to see, so much to do, and it includes lectures and talks from Stephen McDowell, who will be our historian along the way. For more information on these June or September Spiritual Heritage Tours 
and the separate tour to Williamsburg, Jamestown, and Yorktown. For all the information on this, go to spiritualheritagetours.com. That's spiritualheritagetours.com. Hi, I'm Crawford Loritz with a Legacy Moment. I have a friend who saw a lot of combat in Vietnam. In fact, he was severely wounded and highly decorated for his valor in combat. I remember asking him once what it was like to constantly be in harm's way. He said, besides being scared to death most of the time, we realized we needed each other, and so we tended to focus on what was really important. We watched each other's backs. Guys prayed who would otherwise never even mention God's name. Under pressure, under those dangerous circumstances, we realized that we held each other's lives literally in our hands. I sometimes feel as if the Church of Jesus Christ in this country is not desperate enough. We don't seem to sense an utter need for God and our need for each other. People are dying all around us. The work of God shouldn't be something we do on the backstroke. It's serious business. We desperately and urgently need Him because we can't change lives. Only He can. The early disciples were seized with this sense of urgency, this passionate cry to God and utter dependence. In Acts chapter 1, Jesus has ascended. He's in heaven, and now the task is before them. Listen to these words in Acts chapter 1, verse 14. All these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer, together with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. This is in the context of urgency. They were continually devoting themselves to prayer, because these early followers were desperate. They saw the tremendous need for unity and persistent prevailing prayer. Here's what I want you to remember today. Ask God to show you the urgent, desperate need of the people all around you. Ask Him to give you a burden to pray and a heart for unity. Join Crawford Loritz tomorrow for another Legacy Moment. Welcome back to Stacy on the Right on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. Hey, welcome back to the program. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button over at Stacy on the Right. The revamp is almost finished, and we're going to take that new site live, and we'll be live streaming to there. And I'm going to be asking some kind of poll-type questions about what type of content you'd like to see and how frequently you'd like to be notified about it. And the only way I can ask you those questions is if you subscribe. So um, you are welcome to go over. And I don't have to worry about Facebook or Twitter or YouTube tamping down on my numbers and limiting the reach of what I'm able to get out content-wise on my own blog site, which I've had up and running for years. And so we want to grow over there. And not that we won't still be on the social media sites. We will. But... We don't want to be at their mercy. We want to have our own place, our own home where we can have this content. And that's going to be so fantastic. So hit the subscribe button and we'll be so grateful to have your information, which we do not use to solicit items. It's only for the newsletter or for notifications about the show. So thank you so much for, uh, for doing that. And welcome back to American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. So right now, it's my pleasure to welcome Brigitte Gabriel. She's a terrorism expert, chairman of Act for America. The website's actforamerica.org. This organization is the largest national security grassroots org in the U.S. And she's the author of her latest book, Rise, which I have to tell you, it's pretty fantastic. You've got to get your hands on that book. It's everywhere now. You can find it at all locations uh, right now. Welcome with me, Brigitte Gabriel. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you, Stacey. I'm delighted to be with you. I'm sitting here looking at your beautiful picture on your website. 
<laughs> Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm, you know, so I know you have an amazing amount of reach with with the people that you're talking to on a daily basis with your books and with your activism. And one of the things that I think uh, people are kind of taking for granted, all of us, we have to vote, we have to do um, the things that are important, obviously per- participating in politics, but not letting it rain over us. But right now we have this situation, Brigitte, at the southern border where we're allowing our southern border to be an entry point for terrorists. And you're an expert in this area. You know where the terrorists are coming in. You know why they're doing what they're doing. And you know the precursors to all of this. Talk to us about the activism that we should be participating in and how this dovetails. Oh, my goodness. I mean, watching what's happening in Washington, D.C. right now and the debate about the border to be a wake-up call to every American to understand that this is our time. This is our opportunity to stand firm to secure our country because we are talking about preserving our national identity. Preserving and protecting our border security is so important on so many levels, Stacey, because right now we are seeing America's enemies come together, whether the terrorists or the drug cartels or the human traffickers, Uh, They all have a common interest, and their common interest right now is coming together and making sure they can fight the American public on how they can break into our home, break into our country to continue doing their bad deeds, whether it's trafficking children, whether it's bringing drugs and poisoning our children with drugs, or for the terrorists who are wanting to sneak here to set up cells so they can attack our country. And this is why it's important to become active. And I have to say something here. I know a lot of people are depressed, thinking, oh, my gosh, Brigitte, look what just happened in D.C. yesterday. We have Nancy Pelosi as Speaker of the House. The, the left is already declaring war on America. Nothing is going to change. And I tell them, this is now the opportunity to become active, to become engaged, because a lot of people, for the last two years, took it for granted and uh, that President Trump is president, and they decided, oh, now we can sit and relax, and we don't have to do anything because President Trump is going to take care of everything. What happened yesterday is a wake-up call to understand that you have to be active and engaged at all times to make sure we protect and preserve our country. Mm, uh, and so you just encapsulated that so well. I know it, the tendency is, Brigitte, oh, well, you know what? Uh, We lost the House. Now we have Nancy Pelosi and people get discouraged. But I don't feel discouraged at all. I think Nancy Pelosi will be a determining factor in reelecting President Trump. I think she's actually going to pave the way. And the Democrats who are going to be vying for the nomination are going to be the ones who put the nails in the coffin because Democrats always overreach. The other issue that is really it's almost everything we have to talk about right now, bigger than the budget, bigger than our foreign policy, is what you just outlined with the southern border. And it's not that other terrorism isn't, you know, going on and our FBI and agencies aren't fighting it. But, Brigitte, how, how do we communicate to people in our lives who these are not our enemies, but they're clearly misguided on immigration and they really have this idea that it's just it's not that big of a deal? How do we communicate to them, look, this is a big deal. I mean, I, I guess we could buy your book and hand that to them. But how do we what do we say? How do we get this out there? This is a huge deal because we know, for example, terrorists are coming through our border because we know that Iran has set up Hezbollah training and command center in Central and South America, especially in the tri-state. 
training people on how to speak even little Spanish so they can blend in and, and come into our country. Look what we are dealing with Iran right now. Iran is trying to develop nuclear bombs. We are doing, we are tightening the sanctions again on Iran under President Trump. Can you imagine Iran setting up cells within our own country to attack our country if, if it gets to the point where we cannot see eye to eye and their goal is to destroy us? We are not only worried about the terrorists, but we are also worrying about the terrorists working with the drug cartels. Because right now, Hezbollah has taught the drug cartels how to dig up tunnels into the United States. They are explaining to them and teaching them on tunnel technology, which the terrorists have perfected in Lebanon, between Hezbollah, under, between Lebanon and Israel. They are now teaching the same thing to the drug cartels because it's a win-win situation for both. The drug cartels will be able to smuggle drugs into the United States, and the terrorists will be able to also use the tunnels to smuggle terrorists into the United States. Our children's lives are at risk. Our children's lives are at risk not just because of terrorism, but also because of the drug problem, also because of the human traffickers. This is a major problem that we need to understand, that if we want to preserve our culture and protect our children, we must secure our border and we must shut down the border. Those who want to come to the, board, to, to the United States legally, there are plenty of ways for them to come. Look, Stacey, I am a legal immigrant to the United States. I came here uh, legally. I went through the proper channels. I went first and got a visa to the United States. Once I got the visa, I went and applied to be here as a citizen. I had to study. I paid for my own airline ticket. I paid for my attorney to do my papers. I even went and had uh, all the blood tests done, which I paid for gladly. Because any immigrant who is coming to the United States, uh, they make sure that you take the test so you are not bringing with you any uh, uh, um, uh, infectious diseases to the United States, like tuberculosis and leprosy, etc. And then I had to study a two-inch thick book written by the Daughters of the American Revolution about America's history, America's constitution, our judiciary system. And then I had to pass a written exam as well as a verbal exam in English, about all that I have studied and passed in order for me to become an, in order for me to become an American. Those are the type of immigrants that we need to come here. There are processes to enter the United States. When you look at, for example, the caravan and all those people who were trying to cross from Mexico into the United States, they have literally bypassed the U.N. centers where you can apply for political asylum uh -huh. and came straight to America, ignoring the, 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 the proper process to apply for citizenship. Even Mexico offered them jobs and offered them political asylum, but they turned it down because they were not interested in that. So that tells us that whoever is coming to the United States right now through our Mexican border is breaking the law because they are not interested in obeying the laws to come here and go through the proper channel. And if those people are breaking the law as criminals without any regard to law and order, what type of citizens do you think they're going to be when they enter the United States? These are facts that every American needs to understand. I lay out these facts in my book, Rise, and I encourage every person listening to get the book, Rise, and read it. You need to understand what's at stake. And I also encourage people to go to our website, actforamerica.org, actforamerica.org, and join us. Click on Contact Congress. You enter your name, your zip code. Um, we give you the names of your elected officials in Congress. They need to hear from you. We give you their name, their phone number, their email, their address. With a click of a button, you can send a letter to them. Uh, all you have to do is just press a button, and we populate it for you. You don't even have to think about writing it. 
They need to hear from you every single day about the border situation. Your member of Congress needs to understand that you as a constituent is very concerned about this issue and that you want them to pass a bill that will give the funding to secure the border. You need to send an email every single day if you have to. If you do not want to call them, send them an email. We make it very easy for you. Go to actforamerica.org, actforamerica.org, and make sure you call your member of Congress. You have access to the book Rise as well when you are on the website. You can read all about it. We need every single person engaged and involved. So first thing I have to say before I get to my next question is one of our best gets for immigration, in my opinion, is when they approved your application to become an American citizen because of the impact you've been able to have and the truth that you're continually speaking. I'm so glad you're my American sister because it just takes legal immigration and then all of a sudden we're all a part of the same family. But I have to say, and and I want to ask you this in all sincerity, Brigitte, how many Brigitte Gabriels are still waiting to enter our country lawfully as 55,000 some criminals, some, you know, whatever, what have you, they're lawbreakers, all of them are coming in across the border every month, 55,000 a month. And we have Brigitte Gabriels all over the world going through the process lawfully, waiting, paying lots of money, learning, studying the book, all of that. And they're not getting in. They're waiting while these others are just simply streaming in here. Exactly. There are many of them. There are many of us. I know for fact three people right now whose application has been just waiting for years. It's been seven years, and they're not approved to come here as citizens. You know, it is mind-boggling to me that we turn people down who should be here. Look, for example, also about, you know, bringing in people who are really politically uh, persecuted. We have a petition on our website for Asiya Bibi. Remember the uh, uh, Christian in Pakistan who was on death row, and finally they released her for false allegations? Nobody wants to take her in. Her life is in danger. Her Muslim neighbors are knocking on doors wanting to kill her. Her only crime was that she was a Christian, and they accused her of blasphemy. This is the type of person we need to to give political asylum to and let her come to the United States with her family. There are plenty of amazing people who can contribute so much to our society, who deserve the citizenship, but you know what? They are doing it the right way. They are applying. They are waiting. They are studying. They are spending their own money. And you know why it is good to give citizenship to people who are doing it the right way? Because when we were applying to become citizens like myself, we didn't break the law. I made sure I didn't even get a traffic ticket because I wanted to prove to the American public that I was worthy of being welcomed into this country and worthy to have the right and be granted the privilege of the American citizenship. We obey the law. We pay our taxes. We stay out of trouble. We make sure we become productive citizens of this country who pay our taxes and contribute to American society. And immigrants like me, Stacey, are offended, are insulted. Feel it's a slap in the face when we see our elected officials basically lobbying and standing on the side of criminals uh, who want to come to our country and who are breaking the law to be here. When, when people like me here, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer, standing in defense of that, quote, right of the criminal aliens who are breaking the law to come here, uh, we feel offended and insulted. And I can tell you, as a legal immigrant, I have a lot of friends who are legal immigrants. We are all this watching what's happening on television right now and what's happening at our southern border. And I can tell you, every single person who came to this country legally 
does not want any illegal criminal alien to break the law and come to this country and have the same privilege and the same rights that we work so hard to have. This is why I'm so passionate about this issue. And this is exactly why I work so hard uh, through my organization, Act for America, to secure America, to keep America safe and secure and great and prosperous. And I urge people who are listening to this broadcast, if this message resonates with you, join us. Go to actforamerica.org and sign up to join us. Become an activist. Start a chapter in your community. If there is no chapter in your community, join a chapter. We will train you. We will mentor you. We are the largest citizen activist organization in the country, grassroots organization. And right now, Stacey, I have to tell you, I am so excited that the Democrats are in control in Congress because <laughs> that's what lights the fire under the grassroots who were apathetic and asleep for the last two years who thought we were on easy street. Now mm-hmm. is the time to organize, to mobilize, to dedicate ourselves and to be engaged to protecting our nation. I, I, you, I, couldn't, I couldn't have said it better. And, and I know it's kind of antithetical, I mean, for us to say, you know, sometimes you need to lose so you can get, you know, wake, wake your butts up and get, get in gear and start doing something. But uh, that is kind of the case here when we see it. You, you're talking about going to actforamerica.org and emailing. This is not exactly. this is not difficult. This is not hard stuff. I, I'm saying go to the, the the Act for America site. Get 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 the book or the next time you're at Barnes and Nobles, get the book. I love to see their faces when I pick up a book like yours or Ann Coulter's and I, I pick it up and I buy it. And the, the, the people are looking at me like, what are you doing buying this book? And I'm looking back like you better buy it too. get get with the program. This is what's happening right now is educating ourselves. And so I encourage people to do it. And we only have thank ourselves you. to thank for the government that we have. Right, Brigitte? We only have ourselves to uh, thank. I'll give you the last 30 seconds and anything you want to say to the listeners to get this thing through. Always remember, 2% of the passionists will always rule the 98% indifference. 2% of the passionists will always rule the 98% indifference. Be one of the 2%. Be the passionate that makes a change. We don't need a lot of people to make a change. We only need people who are on fire for our country, who love God, who love our country, who honor and cherish the memory of our founding fathers and everything. They work so hard to give us to give us this great nation that we have today. The least we can do is protect it for the next generation. Go to our website, actforamerica.org. Sign up to get our emails and action alerts. Contact your members of Congress, and there you can get my book, Rise. Instead of going to Barnes & Noble, go to our website for a tax-deductible donation to Act for America. We will send you an autograph book. You will be able to help our work and our organization and also get educated at the same time. Do it there. Buy it at actforamerica.org and help fund this movement. The activism that we do prevents the losses that we see in Washington, D.C. That's Brigitte Gabriel, terrorism expert, chairman of actforamerica.org and friend of the show. We are so grateful for your time today. Thank you. Speak to you again soon. Thank you so much. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Okay, we'll be back with more. Your calls right after this. I just thank God for the Holy Ghost. If you will let him, he really will teach you all things. 
Have you ever made an excuse to someone why you were unable to do something or why you couldn't attend a certain event instead of just being honest and telling them you just were not interested? I think many of us have. Well, that's lying. Proverbs chapter 12 verse 17 says, an honest witness tells the truth. A false witness tells lies. Proverbs chapter 11 verse 1 in one translation says, dishonesty in business disgusts the eternal. It disgusts God. But fair dealing delights him. False witness utters lies. Be faithful and consistent with being honest with others. Stop with the excuses and be truthful. There is freedom when our integrity and character reflects our Savior, Jesus Christ. What seems little to us are big to him. With our heart for the Urban Family, I'm today's Urban Woman, Victory McIntosh. Connect with us more at UrbanFamilyTalk.com. And my father, your great-grandfather, fought in World War II. Really? He was a gunner on the big ship out in the Pacific Ocean. Wow. Your great-grandmother did her part, too. Was she on a ship? Oh, no. She stayed back home. She and a lot of her friends worked really hard in a factory because the men had gone off to war. Ooh. And they held scrap metal drives to help in the war effort. The folks back home were heroes, too. Here at the American Family Association, we consider you the heroes back home. As you fulfill your responsibility of caring for your family day to day, your partnership with us is crucial as we fight the enemies of freedom in America. Thank you for your commitment to the American Family Association. Grandpa, what's a scrap metal drive? Let's get some cookies and I'll tell you all about it. Saving you money, I'm Linda Bell with the Fox Business Network. After splurging on holiday gifts, now it's time to get your finances in order. Personal finance advisor Nicole Lappin recommends a spending plan focused on the three E's, essentials, endgame, and extras. 70% of your overall budget should go to the essentials, the basic stuff you need. The food, transportation, utilities, insurances. Then 15% should go to the end game. So that's your future self. So your savings accounts, your retirement accounts, your investment accounts. And then 15% should go to those extras. It could be your mani-pedi, it could be your cocktail. She says setting aside that extra money in your budget will prevent you from binging later on. A lot of financial experts will tell you to go on a really strict budget and cut out the morning latte and all of the extra small indulgences. That's honestly not sustainable. Lappin recommends reviewing your spending plan once a quarter to make sure you're on track. Saving you money, I'm Linda Bell, Fox News. Welcome back to Stacy on the Right on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. You know, I think it's a great question. It's potentially because she's uh, very progressive, maybe a little too progressive even for Massachusetts. But it should be said that Sherrod Brown in Ohio has a long progressive record and he actually outperformed how House Democrats did. It could also be the case that maybe there's just something about her personally that voters don't like. I should point out, of course, this is just one way to look at electability, right? We're going to have a case. Elizabeth Warren, the rest of the Democrats are going to perform in many debates. And we'll see how she does in that particular case. But I will say that when you look at how Massachusetts voters view Elizabeth Warren, whether it be in her reelection margin or where they place her in early primary polls where she's running third or fourth, despite the fact that Massachusetts Democrats know her very, very well, I think if you were to project that out and say, hey, these Massachusetts voters who know her best don't like her in comparison as much as the other Democrats, it's a warning sign to me. 
Okay, so that was a CNN analyst talking about Elizabeth Warren, and they have him on a lot, and he tends to have a, a really an interesting perspective, in my opinion. Uh, welcome back to the show. I have to say, wasn't Brigitte Gabriel fantastic? That woman is passionate, and you can hear it in her voice, and you know it's coming from a place of, you know, when she describes the process of studying that book, she's not... Uh, this this isn't like stuff she's making up to to sound awesome. She's talking about her real experiences. And I just, I can't tell you how much I love it because I've been abroad. I, I have been to so many different foreign countries and universally, obviously this wasn't last year. So I don't know what the foreign look, outlook is since the, the election of President Trump. And a lot of foreigners are duped in by our mainstream media to think that most Americans don't like the president. But the fact is, foreigners love plain speaking. They love someone who shoots from the hip. If you're a hardcore uh, leftist activist, you're not going to like Donald Trump. But if you live abroad and you want to see a strong America, then you're going to adore the fact that we now have a president who likes this country, who likes the people who live in this country, whether you wear Walmart jeans and overalls or you're dressed to the nines from Hoka Tour from some you know fashion house. It's someone who likes all Americans and wants to see us all do well is going to be much more well-received abroad than someone who Mr. Obama, Bauer and Scraper are us, a man who didn't know anybody he wouldn't bow down to in the foreign policy realm. The difference is stark. And so I just, I, I think every place I've ever been, when they find out you're an American and they talk to you, well, they ask questions about our states because it's hard for them to mentally get their heads around the size of our states because you know most european nations are very very small comparatively speaking the whole nation is the size of one of our states and so when they think about like the city of st louis and they think it's such a tiny place when in reality st louis the metro region you know is bigger than one of their states they're they're states that they have in their whole country and so they they often will ask questions about geographically speaking, or what different states are like. But they also have, uh, it's just a fascination with the way we are as a people group. This idea that we're all brothers and sisters and we're all Americans, no matter what kind of tan we're sporting, no matter what country we originate from, that once we're here, we're all Americans. It's still something that they they ponder over it and they try to understand it the same way that we try to understand some of their cultural norms. And so there's a lot of respect for America abroad. And they know that our economic engine, our GDP, it helps fuel all of the good things that are going on in their country through our partnerships. So there's, there's, I just, I, I find it fascinating that over here, we continue to put up as candidates from one po political side, these people who want to see the American experiment destroyed. Elizabeth Warren, she hates all the major uh, industries. She hates the pharmaceutical industry. She hates uh, business, big business. She hates the banking industry. I mean, she is a piece of, um, what is that stuff? It's not toffee. It's uh, those truffles. Okay, all, you've had them. You know what I'm talking about. Elizabeth Warren is one of those Lintner truffles that, that, it melts in your mouth. It's just, she is the piece of candy Donald Trump is waiting to eat for 2020. Because every time she opens her mouth, she insults swaths of Americans who work for these industries. If you work in healthcare, she's out to get your job. She wants to put single payer in effect and put you out of a job. 
you work in the banking industry, she wants to destroy your employer's livelihood and send the CEO and all of the top leadership of your company packing and put in some ne'er-do-wells, numbskulls, do-nothings, people who don't know Jack Ola about making a business run. She wants to put those people in charge so they can run the company that you work for in the ground. Cadillac insurance plan, gone. The money that you're getting as a bonus that you're using to put your kids in private school or in college or that you're funding your vacation with, forget it. All those stock options that they lured you away from your last company with to get you a job here, it doesn't matter what industry you're in. She's got a problem with all of it. Elizabeth Warren is probably the best candidate to run against Donald Trump because she is so polarizing and she has no chance if, if Donald Trump runs the same campaign he ran last time, but even better, she has no chance of winning over the very people she should be attracting because she hates industries, entire industries. And that's just the tip of the iceberg. So I want to get to this open letter that I mentioned. But first, I want to give you the call lines. If you want to call in, hey, it's Friday. I'm loving chatting with you. Thank you to everyone who's putting in the comments on um, all, all the different live streams. Thank you so much for that. Thanks for sharing the show. Uh, happy Friday. If you're just tuning in, it's Friday, Friday here on the Stacey on the Right Show here on American Family Radio and Urban Family Talk. We're loving it. We're loving it. We're loving it. Um, so the call lines are 866-963-2037, 866-963-2037. So I was uh, just minding my own business and I got this letter, an open letter to the president and it's from a friend of mine, Doug Ross. He runs the website directorblue.blogspot.com. And so I'm going to read the first part of the letter to you, but I encourage you to uh, – actually, I'll, I'll post the link on Stacy on the right, and you can go there and click through, or you can go to directorblue.blogspot.com yourself and check it out. It's an open letter to the president, how you can take the fight to the deep state. And the reason I can't read the whole letter to you is because he actually did some hardcore research and pulled up some stuff that – We've all forgotten all of the criminality. We've probably forgotten more about the Clintons than any other family in public life ever because they've been in public life for so long and they've done so many wrong things. He starts off and he actually sent this out an email and said, look, I don't have the president's ear, but if you do get this to him, he needs to see this because this is, in my opinion, an ingenious way of getting this conversation back to where it belongs, because right now we only have a special prosecutor prosecuting Republicans, anybody who's affiliated with Donald Trump. And if you're a Democrat and you've done wrong, you're getting away with it. You're skating wide and free. So he says, Dear President Trump, I know you are courageous. I know you are a patriot. I know you care deeply about the future of this nation. Therefore, I have addressed this request to you and you alone. As is well known, the tangled web of the federal bureaucracy and national media have produced an embedded administrative state that some term the deep state. Through administrations of both parties in good times and bad, the size and scale of the federal Leviathan has grown completely unchecked. And like a living organism, it has over time developed its own survival instinct. Among its defensive tactics are the collective set of crimes known as Spygate, which represents the weaponization of Obama intelligence and law enforcement agencies against you. Starting in 2015, deep state actors embedded in the CIA, DOJ, DNI, and FBI leadership positions launched simultaneous campaigns more suitable for a South American dictatorship than the United States. He then goes on to outline how it was Hillary Clinton getting exonerated and all of the things that were done to prevent President Trump from winning the presidency and then the scheme to have him impeached or removed from office. 
And then he talks about the, taking the Clintons to the, to the woodshed, basically, and the, and the deep state. He talks about the Cox Report, which was issued in 1999. And he talks about the Barrett Report, which is a 400-page document created by Special Prosecutor David Barrett, who was initially tasked with investigating allegations of lying to the FBI against Henry Cisneros, Secretary of the U.S. Department of HUD, under U.S. President Bill Clinton. I encourage you to read this, uh, this letter. Share it with whoever you can find. And then pray that the president would actually see it and take action. He needs all of these tips from all of us all over the place. He needs it. He needs these tips. And I just think it's brilliant of Doug Ross to write this letter and to do the research and to come up with this. And, and the president needs to see this. Please, Share it widely. Uh, I'll have it on Stacy on the Right Show on Facebook where the, you can easily click through the link. And so now we'll go to the phones. Uh, you know what? It's Friday, y'all. Anything you want, anything. Uh, let's go to Kathy in Benton, Arkansas. Kathy, happy Friday. Thanks for calling the show. Yes, ma'am. How are you? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> Doing great. <laughs> Well, I am calling because I was the program that was before you. I did not hear who was speaking because I was working and I didn't catch the name. But in um, you know when they were having their meetings this afternoon, and then the lady came on and she was talking about um, how the president they were not going to give in to the president or the wall that he would have to. Um, uh, Drop that, and then they could could negotiate because the president then would use that for any time he wanted his way. But let's not forget that he ran for president and won with the idea that the people wanted him to build that wall. So it's not his wall. It's the wall for the people that they wanted, that we voted, voted him in for. And he is... It's the people's wall. It's not his. Uh, it is. It's that is just a marketing tactic, calling it Trump's wall. And he did run on it. And I know if you're talking about Nancy Pelosi uh, and her insistence that he can't have the money for the wall, it's not for him. It's not for the president. It's for um, it's the, the wall is for the protection of the southern border and for the, the family of that police officer who was killed by an illegal immigrant. I mean, every day we hear about a new heinous crime that's committed by some illegal who should have been deported. Absolutely, you're right. And, and I'm hoping that they're going to, uh, to follow through on that. When I say they, it takes the Republican Party to stand up behind President Trump for him to get this done. I, I hate seeing him stand up there by himself. I hate that. I wish that we could get more Republicans to stand up with him. But, you know, if needs be... Donald Trump will be like David was when he was running on the run from King Saul and he was on his own and he had to do what he had to do and he made mistakes, but he stood there. He, he withstood the onslaught so that he could go on to be the king himself. Um, so we just have to keep praying for the president. Keith in Pleasantville, Pennsylvania. Thanks for calling the show today. Hey, great show. Uh, I was wondering, why do you think no conservative talk show, Fox News, has questioned any democrat as to why none of them opposed the 150 billion plane load of cash to iran 
You never heard a negative word from any Democrat about that, but they're all unanimous in complaining about the $5 billion to build a security wall. That is, is so outstanding, and I think people, it would resonate if Republicans and conservatives would start asking the left that question. Why did they not oppose that plane load of cash? And second of all, wouldn't it be neat if Fox News, every time they're in the studio, you could see on the wall the debt clock. So every day we got a reminder of where we are in debt, how much out of bounds our budget is, and how much we're borrowing per minute, per hour, per day, and what we're paying in interest on that debt. Ninety-nine percent of the public has no clue, but we need a daily reminder of that. And I, I would encourage anyone listening to Fox, get on the phone, try to get them to put that in the background uh, on the wall behind every show they do from the studio so we have that constant reminder of where we're at. And you become a slave to your debtor, as Scripture says. Oh, it sure does. It says that uh, and the, the, the debtor is slave to the lender. Uh, that is the truth. Yep. It's it's not just biblical. It's the truth. Keith, thank you so much. Pleasantville, Pennsylvania. That's such a cute town. <laughs> thank you for calling the show. Uh, I got to say, um, so he's right. And I think some of what we see with Fox News and, you know, full disclosure, I usually go on Fox Business um, and, and, and there's Fox is the biggest. They are the best ratings wise. But they are susceptible to the kind of brutal mockery that they're subjected to from the leftist media who are jealous of their loyal following. They're jealous of Fox's ratings and they're jealous of the quality of people that are over at Fox. But they're susceptible to, um, you know, sometimes they'll say, oh, Fox News is acting like Breitbart or Fox News is acting like the the the, uh, you know, paid media apparatus of the president like they don't operate and are not the paid media apparatus of the Democrats. So I don't know why they don't put the debt clock up. And it may very well be that some at some point in Fox's history, they did have the debt clock up, but it's worth reaching out. It's worth saying, hey, you know what, Fox News, we'd love to see the debt clock. They are responsive and they do listen to, uh, you know, their their television viewer base. So reach out, let them know. I I know some liberals watch Fox I'd like to see the debt clock up there, but I would more like to see them simply cover the immigration issue as a daily thing where they have the immigration images, the numbers about the people who are entering illegally. And like the caller said, have Democrats on and ask them to explain how does 55,000 people jumping the line help America? What about the death of this person? You know, really, really ask these people some tough questions. I've been on panels with uh, with Democrats on Fox Business and they do ask tough questions, but a lot of the Democrats are regulars, just like, you know, sometimes uh, at some point I was almost a regular on CNN a little bit there. And when you come back often on Fox, they're kind of friendly to you. And I'm not against that, but I just think sometimes being friendly precludes the, the tougher questions. So I, I don't know. Look, if you're leaving now, God bless you from the heartland, citizens. You're at home. And thank you for being here. If you're sticking around, we'll be right back after these messages. God bless. Keep it here.